Have you heard about the change happening across the U.S.? Christ followers are realizing there's a financial institution that aligns with their Christian values and switching to Christian Community Credit Union. They're America's number one biblical banking institution committed to advancing the gospel and providing members highly competitive offers, including high-yield checking and CD accounts, a 1.5% cash-back credit card, and more. It's time to bank with your values. Join Christian Community Credit Union today. Learn more at joinchristiancommunity.com. That's joinchristiancommunity.com. Membership eligibility required. Each account is insured up to $250,000. This institution is not federally insured. We're hip deep in tax season. Are you getting all your financial ducks in a row before it's time to give unto Caesar? I am Rob West. The filing deadline will be here before you know it. So if you haven't started prepping yet, now's the time to do it. I'll have some tips that could save you headaches. Then it's on to your calls and questions at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. No one likes paying taxes, but it's not only a civil mandate, it's a biblical one as well. Romans 13, 7 tells us, pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed. Of course, we don't want to pay more in taxes than we have to, so we need to take steps to avoid that and make the process as simple and error-free as possible. The first step is to get moving now. The earlier you file, the sooner the IRS will process your return. Analysts predict that even with more IRS employees on the job, new and confusing filing requirements will create a backlog, slowing your refund if you have one coming. You can make the process go faster by setting up direct deposit with the IRS. Don't procrastinate just because you think your return is simple, with maybe just one W-2 from your only employer and the standard deduction. And if that's the case, file your return electronically. Mailing in a paper return will definitely slow things down. If you have a more complicated return, it's important to start gathering your information now. If you think you need help, you'll want to hand over your documents to a tax professional and get the process started as soon as possible. That will give you more time to dig up any missing information and correct discrepancies. Another step is to double-check everything. Inaccuracies are a sure way to gain extra scrutiny by the IRS and possibly trigger an audit. Keep in mind that the agency computers will cross-check the numbers on your return with W-2 and 1099 forms on file. If there are discrepancies, your return will get kicked out for a manual review and potential audit. You can double-check the numbers yourself by going to irs.gov. Look for a link to Get Your Tax Record. You'll get a free digital copy of your tax transcript. You may discover that you're missing information that you need to file your return before the tax deadline, which, by the way, is April 18th this year for every state except California where it's been extended, so you have a few extra days. If you know you can't make the deadline, you can file for an extension. That will extend the time you have to file to October 16th. Now, that's only an extension for filing, not an extension for paying. You may not know exactly how much you 
owe, but you're required to make a good faith estimate and send that amount in by April 18th. There's an old joke that the only thing certain in life are death and taxes, but they should add changes to tax laws to that. This year, there are new rules for credits and deductions, so let's go over some of them. The child tax credit of up to $3,600 was partially doled out ahead of time in 2021 as part of COVID relief. That credit now returns to its original amount of $2,000 per child. Again, due to COVID, the child and dependent care credit was increased to a maximum of $8,000 in 2021. That now returns to its previous maximum of 2100 Another tax break gone bye-bye is the separate donation to charity deduction. In 2021, you could claim those deductions on a separate line, even if you took the standard deduction. But when filing your 2022 taxes, you'll have to itemize to get a deduction for charitable giving. It's not entirely bad news. The clean energy vehicle credit remains at $7,500 if you bought a qualifying electric or plug-in hybrid vehicle in 2022. Now, if you receive payments by digital platforms like Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal, you might have heard some buzz about IRS Form 1099-K, the IRS plan to require those companies to report transactions of business account holders who received more than $600 in transactions in 2022. The previous threshold was $20,000, so this would have affected a lot of people this year. However, a last-minute change in the law has pushed that back to 2023, so you don't have to deal with that this year. But make no mistake, you still have to report and pay taxes on income from self-employment and the sale of goods or other business transactions. Okay, so those are your tips for filing your taxes this year. Your calls are next 800-525-7000 we'll be right back what's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor someone who's aligned with your biblical values how about someone who will take the time to explain your options certified kingdom advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a certified kingdom advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. We're grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the Faith and Finance Program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at eventideinvestments.com. That's eventideinvestments.com. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. This is the program where the 2300 verses on money and possessions found in God's Word intersect with today's financial decisions and choices. The number to get in on the conversation, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Let's head to the phones today. Antioch, Illinois. Hey, Marcia. Call. Thanks for calling today. Go ahead. Hi, how are you? First of all, thank you very much for your show. I have learned so much over the years. So I well, totally appreciate you. that. I appreciate, appreciate you that. guys. 
Um, I currently have um, two sons, have a 529 as the beneficiary. One son decided to enlist in our armed services, so he will not be using the money set aside for college. I did have another son who's still paying on his college loan debt, who is part of the 529 account. Is there a way for me to use the one son's account to pay down the other son's student loan debt? Yeah, so you can uh, transfer between 529s. Uh, although there, you know, some have a lifetime limit, you should be able to take the money that's available from the son who doesn't need it and transfer it to the 529 for the son with the beneficiary who can use it for qualified educational expenses. And if he doesn't use all that up, you could transfer it to somebody else, including yourself, if you wanted to go back to school. So, yeah, that is an option. Um, so I would just call your 529 plan provider and let them know that you want to move from one to the other, and they can help you facilitate that. Okay. Now I have another question about okay. taking the 529s and turning them into a IRA or the Roth. Do yeah. Can you take that lump sum and divide it into the parcels of the children that were on the count, or does it have to be that only that beneficiary gets that uh, Roth? Yeah. So we're still getting the details on this plan. It's very new. And again, it doesn't go into effect until 2024. Uh, but my understanding is that it is as long as you follow the limits in terms of 6500 per year and no more than I believe it's $35,000 uh, in your lifetime, that you can parse it out among different Roth IRAs. It doesn't necessarily have to be for that beneficiary. But again, we're still learning more about this and we're still over a year away from this being a reality. So a lot more details will be coming out. But this is going to be a great option for those folks uh, that you know have balances built up in uh, in their 529s that go unused so this can be you know put to good use and take advantage of that tax-free growth except in this case not for college but now for retirement so I think you will be able to move it among multiple beneficiaries but we'll uh, we'll get more of the details uh, in the months ahead okay Great. Thank you very much for your time. Have a blessed day. Absolutely, Marsha, and you as well. Thanks for calling today. Uh, to Austin, Texas. Hey, Arthur, go right ahead, sir. Hi, yeah. Uh, you know, I was building my credit up and stuff like that, and because of health situations, uh, for my wife and I, I've gotten behind. But, uh, you know, I want to be, I want, my want, we wanted to purchase uh, a house, you know. But the thing about it, now it's kind of just like everything was shot, you know, you got shot down. And so I don't know what to do. Who do I go to? I have some bills and I want to, I want to, uh, I want to be responsible. I want to pay them. You know, you know, people yeah. tell me, you go just call, just do bankruptcy. But, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's the right way for me. I just, yeah, uh, I would try to avoid that if at all possible, Arthur. And I realize that, you know, the circumstances of life. We live in a fallen world and things can be very challenging. And so what we want to do is just try to be faithful with what God has entrusted to us and try to honor our commitments the best we can. And if you're forced into bankruptcy, that's one thing. But if you're not, let's try to pay, pay this back outside of that. Um, what I would do next, Arthur, is first make a, a list of all your bills and uh, determine exactly what you owe in, on each of them, including the medical debt. Total that up, then put together a spending plan that hopefully allows you to have some margin so that 
You can pay all your bills and have something left over at the end of the month. And I'd look to cut every available expense you can. So beyond your utilities and your house payment or, or rent payment, uh, keeping, you know, gas in the car and keeping food on the table, everything else should be up for grabs, so to speak, because we're looking to create margin that you can apply to debt reduction. You might want to look to work more hours if you can to get your income up also. And then once you know how much you have extra each month, I'd contact each creditor and ask to get on a payment plan or ask if they'll take a reduced lump sum payment to close out the account once you, you know, build up a few months worth of surplus so you can knock these out, you know, once and for all. And then I'd use the snowball method. That's basically where uh, once you know how much you have to pay to each creditor, start doing that, but put all of your extra funds on the smallest debt. And once you pay that off, that's going to give you some encouragement, Arthur, which you need right now when you're in a situation like this to keep going and then keep going right down the line until you get it all paid off. Don't transfer any of this to credit card, uh, to credit cards, even if they offer you an option to do that. We're going to pray for you, my friend. Thanks for checking in with us today. Let us know how it turns out. God bless you. Uh, to Naples, Florida. Hi, Tenley. How can we help you? Hi, Rob. Thank you for taking my call. Um, about a year ago, I refinanced my home and at a great 2.25% fix, but it went back to the, you know, 30 years again. Yeah, it, but yeah. Actually, I only bought the home five years ago, but still, so it was a little bit of a backslide. But I have no PMI or anything on it, and um, I it's just me here, um, living here right now. And so they, I keep getting things in the mail saying I should take out mortgage insurance. And I've looked into it, it's about $30 a month. And I really don't know if I should do that or not. How, you know, how important is that? I mean, there's yeah. some equity in my home because of the, you know, housing market. So I don't yes. really know that I need mortgage insurance or do I? Yeah, this is really life insurance, Tenley. So essentially, it's basically insurance that pays your mortgage if you die, which could be a help to your family if you have dependents, if you had a spouse or a dependent that was living there and wanted to continue to live there beyond your life. But typically, what we would do is uh, we would cover that in, uh, uh, expense uh, or risk through your life insurance, which needs to be much bigger than just the value of your mortgage. So as a starting point, we would say if you're trying to replace income, you'd want 10 to 12 times that income, uh, you know, for the breadwinner or for the, the spouse that has, you know, uh, to replace income for the other spouse in the event of their death. And you could add on top of that income replacement amount enough to cover all the debts, including the mortgage. But you do that through one term life insurance policy that's going to be a lot less expensive uh, than a, a mortgage protection insurance, which is just for the mortgage. It tends to be a bit more expensive. But if you don't have anybody who's depending upon you, who's going to live in that house and would want that mortgage paid off at your death, then you don't need uh, mortgage insurance uh, because at your death, that would be sold. The proceeds would become part of your estate and then could be given to heirs or charity based on your wishes. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. And that's, that's what I have. I, I had a life insurance policy, but after my husband died, 
my grown kids who are all on their own said, you don't need that anymore, mom. So yeah. I got rid of that. And, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. And the same would apply here with the, the mortgage protection insurance. So sounds like you're making a lot of great decisions. I don't think this is an expense you need to add to the rest of them. Thanks for your call, Tenley. We'll be right back. Stay with us. God's Word is packed with life-changing wisdom about your finances. And Faith and Finance is here to help you and many others to be wise stewards of God's resources. We rely on help from Faith and Finance patrons, supporters of this mission, to help us continue and expand our outreach. Please consider becoming a monthly Faith and Finance patron. Visit faithfi.com and click Give on the homepage. Hey, Greg, I need some advice. Oh, what's up? I'm really struggling with finding ways to cut back. With costs going up, especially in healthcare, what do you guys do? Oh, uh, we use CHM, Christian Healthcare Ministries. It's a health cost sharing ministry that's been sharing members' eligible medical bills for over 40 years. Sure helped us stick to our budget. Hmm. And here's the website chministries.org. C-A-C-H-Ministries.org. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. We've got a few lines open. If you have a question today on anything financial, 800-525-7000. To Chicago, hey, Roger. Thanks for calling, sir. Go ahead. Hey, Rob. Nice talking to you. You Uh, as well. Yes. So I I have um, four credit cards with a credit card company, um, Debt Consolidation. So my question is, um, should I still continue to work with them or should I just cancel because I don't want to be behind on my credit yeah. card? Yeah. I it can't. sounds like you're working with a debt settlement company where they get you to stop making payments and then they try to negotiate based on the fact that you're delinquent, a more favorable payback, either with a reduced lump sum payoff or some sort of payment plan. Does that sound like what you have engaged somebody to do for you? Yes. Okay, yeah. I would stay far away from that, Roger. Debt settlement is not the way to go. That's going to ruin your credit because just as you said, their strategy is to have you stop paying, which means you become late. And once you get beyond 30 days late, now that's being reported to your credit report that you're delinquent, you're past due. And so that's going to start hurting your credit. Uh, but even more than that, it's just not a good strategy. Um, I, what I would much prefer is for you to stay current um, and use a debt management program, which is a lot different than debt settlement. They're not going to ask you to stop paying and uh, and have you become late. They're going to get you into a program that already exists. This is not trying to negotiate something new. The, each of the creditors already have a credit counseling interest rate that's going to be lower than what you're paying now. They'll work with you based on who your four credit creditors are to determine what those new rates will be. They'll tell you what your monthly payment will be, and then you'll make one monthly payment through the debt management company to the creditors, and you'll stay current. Now, 
given the fact that you're in arrears, you're behind, they can still work with you. You wouldn't have to get caught up in order to put it into debt management. And a lot of times they even re-age the accounts when they get enrolled in the program, which just means uh, they're brought current and therefore that's going to help your credit score. Um, so I would reach out to christiancreditcounselors.org and uh, talk to them about a debt management program. I wouldn't spend another day working with this uh, debt settlement company. So is it different, Christian Credit Council from Trinity? Uh, it is two different companies, same idea. Both are debt management. And again, I don't have a, a problem with Trinity at all. I'm just saying, I, I, you know, when we've talked to the folks at Christian Credit Counselors specifically about situations like this where you're past due, they've said they normally have no problem working with accounts like that. So it'd be worth a phone call uh, for them to take a look at your accounts and they can tell you how to proceed from here and let us know how it turns out. Thanks for your call, sir. To Ohio. Hi, Ellen. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. I um, wanted to know what considerations um, we should think about in um, considering a uh, vacation home. We're both 59, mm. still working, no kids, no debt. Um, you know, of course, my brother got a condo in Florida, and says, you should get one, too. <laughs> we like to vacation <laughs> and travel. Okay, so you're debt-free. You guys, do you feel like you're on track for long-term savings for retirement? Okay. And what would you have to put down on this condo and how much would you be looking to spend? Have you done some research? Uh, not really. You know, I just go by, okay. you know, his, um, yeah. you know, we're looking and probably have to consider maybe half a million, which, you know, we okay. could probably do if we sell some savings. Yeah. So you could either take on a small mortgage or perhaps even buy it for cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounds like you're in a really strong financial position here, debt-free. You've got plenty of assets, it sounds like, both for retirement as well as to make a purchase like this. Uh, they're not making any more Florida real estate. So, uh, you know, there's something to be said about uh, being in that uh, part of the world where, you know, you're close to the water. A lot of people are, are relocating from out west and from the northeast down to Florida. Uh, that's not going to change anytime soon just because Florida Florida doesn't have a state income tax. And so I think for that reason, the long-term prospects of Florida real estate is is good. Um, so the nice thing is you're buying an asset. Yes, it's going to have expense associated with it, upkeep and real estate taxes and you know, property insurance, which is very expensive these days because of the hurricanes. Um, but as long as you go into that knowing, you know, we've got the assets to do it, we've got our eyes wide open in terms of the, the ongoing carrying costs of this thing. You know, if you're, what are your your condo association fees? Are they planning a major assessment because they got to, you know, redo the whole seawall or something like that? It's all crumbling. I'm just making something up, but I've actually been there. Um, or beyond that, you know, what's the property insurance and, you know, the taxes going to be? As long as you count the cost, uh, you know, I don't see any reason why you guys wouldn't do this. And again, you've got an asset that would likely be appreciating that down the road, you guys could either move there and sell your current residence or sell it and probably make a profit. So I think you're checking all the boxes here. I don't see why you wouldn't do it. Okay. Oh, well, thank you. Right. 
Yeah, I appreciate it. Yep. You're very welcome, Ellen. I think the only other consideration is just given how strong your financial position is, just, you know, always be asking the Lord along the way, you know, what are you calling us to and how much is enough? And what is that finish line financially speaking in terms of your lifestyle? And what is your finish line in terms of net worth and accumulation? And I'm not saying you're you're beyond that and living lavishly. This is a question we all need to be asking all the time so that we do draw some lines in the sand to say, God, you know, beyond this point, I want to continue to accelerate my giving and be a part of your work. Uh, you know, you can, nothing wrong with having a second home. I don't think that's out of God's will by any means, but I think, you know, we all should be on our knees saying, Lord, you know, what should each of us be doing? But in terms of just from a pure financial standpoint, sounds like you guys are in a great spot uh, to be able to do this and enjoy it and have a great next season of your life, being able to kind of go back and forth between your primary residence and and a uh, residence in Florida. And who knows, if you want to live there at least six months out of the year, you might even be able to save some taxes. So that might be worth looking at as well if you were to change your residency uh, down to Florida. Hey, thanks for calling. All the best to you guys in the days ahead. We appreciate it. Well, that's all our time for today. But before we go, I want to say thanks for spending time with us today. Thanks for your calls. Thank you for listening. And Thanks for being a faithful supporter of this ministry. You know, beyond the broadcast, we have an entire team of contributors and web designers and media producers working each day to produce tools and content to help you become a better biblical money manager. And none of that work would be possible without your financial support. We offer a lot of it for free, and that's only because of the generous gifts from listeners like you. If you're not yet one of our financial partners but would like to be, would you visit our new website, faithfi.com? That's faithfi.com. Then click the Give button to sign up, and we'd certainly be grateful. In the meantime, please set a reminder on your phone and make plans to join us again next time. I'll be here, and I hope you will be too, for the next edition of Faith and Finance. We'll see you. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.